Good evening, everyone. Parshas Akev. Parshas Akev is significant for me personally because of two reasons. One is it is my bombers for Parsha, though interesting enough, it's a far cry away from my actual birthday. I have to ask my folks why they did that. And the second reason is because one of my sons, Shlomo, it was his bar mitzvah parsha as well. Akev is a very important parsha. Important parsha because we're going to reveal a little bit over here in terms of how we're supposed to approach mitzvahs, how we're supposed to look at God's commands to us, and how it's supposed to impact ourselves. So the parsha begins with the following. When you will listen to the Mishpatim to these laws. Now the Mishpatim are laws we normally understand. Shmartim and you guard them, Vasisim and you shall keep them. Vashomar Hashem Hashem will preserve for you the bris, the covenant, the chesed, the kindness that He promised to your Father. Now, the word that bothers Rashi is the word Akev. Akev here means because you will listen, therefore you will get blessing X. However, the word Akev also has another meaning. If you remember back in Pausha's Toldois, when Yitzchok and Rivka have twins, and the two boys are born. The first one comes out all ruddy and red. And he's called Asov, which means ready-made because he was like a much older child. And then there was the brother whose name was Yaakov. Why was it called Yaakov? Because he held on to the heel of Asov. And the word Akev means a heel. So if you read the Posuk now, it's a bit strange. It will be the heel that you will listen What's the heel got to do with keeping mitzvahs? And what's, of course, the symbolism and the idea contained in this message? So Rashi tells us the following words. If the light mitzvahs that people tread on with their heels, you will listen to, then you will merit a tremendous amount of blessing. Now Rashi now opens us up to an interesting look at the Torah. When I look at something, as anyone does, you always look at what's the most serious area that I need to concentrate my efforts on. And then the other stuff will kind of fall into place or take second fiddle. However, Rashi tells us no. You want to know the secret for success? There are mitzvahs that people tread on. They don't really take so seriously. If you keep those, you will see a tremendous blessing. Now, before we define what these mitzvahs are, why should that be? Why can't I concentrate on the main mitzvahs? Torah, Chesed, Tefillah, Kashrus, right? Why is it that... The Torah is telling me, no, no, no. Pay attention to those things that you perceive as light, as insignificant, as not as important. And then you will see blessing. Why is that the case? Says the Maral. 
a beautiful principle the Maharal lays down. When you look at a system of laws in a country, most of the time the system of laws is there to maintain the law and order of the country. Right? You take a look at the country and you want to make sure that people are obeying the laws. People are not killing each other, stealing from each other, destroying. You know, you have to make sure that the country goes. So therefore the government imposes laws to make sure that there's functionality. Are the laws there to have a hashpah, have an influence on you? No, not really. It's there for governing purposes. Then you have ethics. What are ethics? Ethics are, what should I say? Ways of conduct which aim to improve how you behave, how you act, how you interact, etc. Mitzvot, which is the word from the word sivoy, command, are different to all of this. Mitzvah says the Maharao is way above laws of governance and way above just modes of conduct. But they actually are means of siruf. Now, what does that mean? It means like this. If you take, let's take some rough metal and now you're going to make something out of that metal. You'll make a beautiful ring. You'll make a necklace. You'll build something. You need to do something called refining it. You've got to refine it. You've got to take away the impurities. And you've got to make from that something that's smooth and nice. Something that is totally changed from the original product. That's Torah. That's mitzvahs. Torah and mitzvahs are there to refine us. They're there to change us. They're there to make us different. It's not just as a means to an end. I'll give an example. The Mishnah in Megillah and Brochus tells us the following. There is a mitzvah, it's in Parshas Kisaysa, called Shiluach HaKen. Shiluach HaKen is a mitzvah that if you want to get the eggs from a bird's nest, you're not allowed to pull the eggs away when the mother sees. What you have to do is you have to shoo away the mother first and then take the eggs. Now, on simple reading of this mitzvah, it's all to do with one thing, which is compassion for the bird. That's how you would look at it. However, the Mishnah tells us, if a person gets up and says, Hashem, your mercy reaches the nest of the bird, you silence him. Strange. Person looks at this mitzvah and says, Hashem, you've obviously doing this for the sake of the bird. We silence him. We tell him he's talking nonsense. Why? So there are many explanations. But the Ramban says something amazing. He says, you know why? Because it's not that we were given the mitzvah to protect the bird. The bird was created and the mitzvah given to make us compassionate people. What's the difference between the two? The difference is, is that the end goal of the mitzvah is not animal protection. It's rather making you a better person. The whole reason why the bird is in the world and the mitzvah is there 
It's just as a vehicle and means. It's all about changing me. That's what it is, says the Ramban. And that's Torah, that's mitzvahs. So therefore, I can look at the Torah and if I start to poke and prod and say, well, you know what, this mitzvah, that's important. That mitzvah, that's not so important. What am I doing? I'm saying that, yes, the mitzvahs are there to govern and yes, the mitzvahs are there to improve me, but this is where I need to concentrate on that. But if you look at Torah as something that is designed by our Creator, every little drop, every mitzvah we have is as a means of shaping me, then there are no light mitzvahs. There are no mitzvahs that we don't pay attention to. That's how Torah, we have to look at Torah and mitzvahs. HaKadosh Baruch Hu did not randomly choose things, but everything is set aside specifically to the point that Chazal tell us that the 613 mitzvahs correspond each one to a different part of your body. That's why at the time of the prophets, the Nevi'im, if a person got sick or he was sore or anything else like that, so what would happen? He would go to the Navi, to the prophet and say, you know what, I've got an ache over here, I'm sore in my neck, my head, whatever else it is. And he would look into your neshama and tell you which mitzvah, which avera was not being complied with and you would be able to fix it. So that's what the mitzvahs are. Now, let's go back to the Rashi. Rashi said, if you trample on these mitzvahs that people consider to be light, then you're not going to see the blessing. But if you're careful with them, you'll see the blessing. Which mitzvahs do people really not consider to be so important? So Rashi doesn't tell us. Comes along Rabbeinu Bechaye, and he says something interesting. He says, we're talking about mitzvahs that you do with your feet. What mitzvahs is he referring to? He's referring to mitzvahs that in order to enable you to do the mitzvah, you need to go there. For example, going to shul, to daven. You need to get to shul, walking to shul. When you go to learn and hear a shia, you need to go there. Okay, in today's generation, you turn on your computer for Zoom. But uh, let's talk about a live shia, right? Or what about going and being mevakechoylem, visiting the sick, nichomavelem, comforting the mourner, levayesameis, escorting a person to his final resting place. These are mitzvahs you do with your feet. And these things... People don't take so seriously. So I would also not take it seriously. Why is that important? The answer is very important. When a person practices enthusiasm for something, it has an effect on him. And there's aloha like this. There's aloha and shulchan Person gets called up for an aliyah to the Torah. He's supposed to go quickly to the, to the bimah. And in the shortest way he can. And when he goes out from that aliyah, he should go the longer route around. Also, when a person comes into shul, he's supposed to go quickly into shul. When a person leaves shul, he's supposed to walk out slowly. If a person is caught um, late for shul, and he's walking in the street on Shabbos, he realizes, oh, I'm going to be late. And there's aloha, one isn't allowed to run on Shabbos because your walk should be a different walk. So what about if I'm late for sure, late for a shear? Then you can run for it. Why? 
because it's for the mitzvah of going. It's an amazing thing. Because you think, isn't the end product the main thing, the tefillah, the Torah, the, the visiting the sick, etc.? No. Because we need to inject into ourselves, into our psyche, alacrity, zealousness, excitement. Oh, but what happens if I don't feel it? So what? But when you act that way, it affects you, it changes you. It makes an imprint on you. And those are things that the Torah is referring to, says Rabbeinu Bechai, when it says, Eket Tishmon, the mitzvahs that you trample on, you don't really take seriously are with your feet. Says Dovid HaMelech. Dovid HaMelech says, you know, he was busy as a king and as the leader of the generation. And he would learn Torah by night and he would judge the people by day. And he said that there were times he needed to go to a place to do something of his kingly duties. But he said his feet would take him into the base madrash. <laughs> it's quite something. You know, you just naturally, you ever had that feeling where you normally drive to work in a certain direction, you drive to a friend in a certain direction, and you're not thinking, you just naturally drive it. Let's say one day you need to go somewhere else. But you end up driving to the friend or driving to work. And that's because you're in the habit of that. We need to be in a habit of running to do mitzvahs and Torah. Because the more enthusiasm we put in, the greater the effect is. Comes along the Shlach Kaddish. And he gives a different angle on what mitzvahs are kolosah. What are these light mitzvahs? The Shlach says, we're talking about mitzvahs here that are easy to fulfill, but also easy to violate. Interesting thing. Easy to fulfill and easy to violate. What would be examples of that? Simple. Making a brocha on food. Making a brocha on food is not a hard thing to do. For a few seconds to say a blessing before you eat. It's not something difficult to do at all. And it's also easy to violate. Because, you know, you think, ah, whatever, I'll just rattle off. Right? And you can barely get the words out. So now you've violated it. Or let's say, for example, person goes into a, a rooms. Right? Rooms with a doctor, whoever it is. And he's got a, a bit of a cold. And there's a big tissue box over there. The norm is to take a few tissues. And he thinks, ah, you know what? That don't, that don't know the difference. And he takes <laughs> three quarters of the box of tissues and puts it in his pocket. So what has he done? It was an easy mitzvah to keep, which was not to steal. Just take what the normal amount is. But what did he do? He violated because it's easy. Ah, they don't care about it. So what? I'll just do it, etc. What are we really getting at over here? What we're getting at over here is, is that... In Yiddishkeit, what's easy to fulfill is where you need to put your focus. And what's easy to violate, right, you need to make sure not to do it. What am I saying? So let's take a look at like this. Let's say a person has a very great Yetzirah, he's got a big urge, right, to go and, and steal. Got a great urge to steal. It's very hard for him. He mamish says it's very difficult. That's a battle. That sometimes can be a battle for life. Or a person is an alcoholic. That could be a battle for life. Or a person is a ragzan. 
he's very easily angered. That's a battle for life. And that's something that, he, that is an area in himself he has to deal with. Those are all hard areas. But what about the easy areas? Things that are not difficult. What do you think HaKadosh Baruch was going to look at us more for? What's we, what we struggle with? What our challenges are? Or what's easy but we couldn't care a hoot? Rabbi Yusuf Salanta brings a Gemara in Menachos. Gemara in Menachos is something fascinating. It was a, it was a following discussion. In two parts of the Mitzvah of Tzitzis. Mitzvah of Tzitzis is to have, of course, the four Kunagam and the strings. And in addition, there was a time period where we had what they called the Chilazoi, which was a special sea creature where the blood was used to make a bluish dye, like a turquoise dye. Now the tzitzis are cheap, and the tcheles, the blue dye, was expensive. Now you have a guy, right, who fulfills the mitzvah tzitzis and he struggles to get tcheles. And you have another guy who doesn't fulfill the mitzvah tzitzis. Who do you think HaKadosh Baruch was going to judge worse? Obviously the guy who didn't fulfill the mitzvah tzitzis because it's easy, it's cheap. And the Gemara brings a marshal, a parable to explain. You have a king who asked two of his advisors to get something. The one was something out of clay and the other one was, I think it was something precious, gold or jewels. Now, if both of them don't fulfill their jobs, who do you think the king's going to be more upset with? Not the one with the precious jewel, because it's hard to come, but the one with the clay. Because how hard is it? It's just a little bit of effort to go and get it. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says Rabbi Yisrael Salanta, when he looks at us, he looks at what's easy for us first, before anything else. Which means that when we're serving Hashem, Ekev Tishmun, we've got to look at those things that are easy for us to fulfill and also easy for us to violate because that's what Hashem is going to judge us for first. And then concurrently we have to have a plan to work on the greater things, our personal challenges that we have in of ourselves. If we do the Akev, if we do the mitzvahs that are light, that we don't seem as so important, and we're careful with those because we care enough, then that will open up a channel of blessing for us in totality. So we have so far a following, following few principles. First is, Torah is not a book of governing laws, says the Maharal. It's not even there's ethics. It's something that refines and changes you, and therefore you need the total picture. Everything is designated especially for you. Secondly, the mitzvahs you do with your feet are important. They instill in you a certain way, a certain, a certain excitement for Torah and mitzvahs, such as going to shul, going to yeshiva, whether it's visiting the sick, comforting the dead, escorting, whatever else in that. And then you've got, from the Shlach Kaddish, those mitzvahs that are easy to keep and easy to break. That's where you need to put the focus on. Like Rabbi Yisrael Salanta said, a person's going to be judged on the easy things First, which he never had much of a desire to do, he just didn't care. That's what's important that we need to look at in terms of ourselves. Now, whenever we look at our personal selves and where we want to be, 
one of the great weapons of the Yetzirah, of the Ibn nation, is that, well, it's too hard. You can't manage. You'll never get there. Why even bother? Why start? Etc. However, if you look even in the world around us, you'll see that no pain, no gain. I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example. I went uh, with my one son to a men's training. Men's training. A gym training with men for men. And the trainer over there said something quite interesting to us. He said, you know, he trains for competitions. And he said that there is one weight, I think it is, that he's aiming to lift. And he's been trying two and a half months. And he hasn't got there yet. And he said, so what? He'll carry on till he gets there. That is a secret for success. When a person does not get down when things take long, when there's effort, when he has to toil, then you'll see that the success will come from that. Because he's got tenacity, he's got grit. And that at least should be the same when it comes to Ruchni and spirituality. You get up to Davin, you don't feel like Davening. You're not interested in Davening, but you Daven anyway. And you try and think of different ways to make it more meaningful for you. You don't want to help uh, Shmerel who's in a bit of distress. You, 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 you're busy, you're involved with various things, but you push yourself to do it. You make an effort to try and look at other people around you as much as you can, or at least once a day. A person struggles to learn. He sets up a chavrusa. He goes to a one-on-one. He tries to, tries to have tools that's going to help him learn better. A person is lazy and he sets a goal for himself. He's going to come to Shul on time once a week. Something. You'll see it gets there eventually. I remember I saw the Rambam once. Amazing thing. Where he talks about achieving intention in Davening. He talks about for each bracha over like months of time. Because that's what's required. Never give up. But keep going, keep going. There'll be ups, there'll be downs. The Torah says in this parasha, Eretz Yisrael is a land of mountains and valleys. Right? Mountains and valleys. And the truth is, that is life. Rav Noach Olawek said a beautiful thing. He said that when you look at the ECG machine, the heart monitor, if it's up and down, the person's alive. If it's straight, God forbid, he's dead. And he's saying that is really how we approach everything that we come, come into contact with. We have to realize that this is a stimulus for growth. And sometimes we fall, but we get up. If you think that everything is just going to be the same, well, that's not how this world works. This world doesn't work that way. This world is about challenge, about movement, about growth. And that's Akev. The secret of Akev. I think maybe... We could suggest that our forefather, who was the greatest of all the forefathers, Yaakov Avinu, has the word Akev in his name. Why is the word Akev in his name? Because at the end of the day, Yaakov Avinu was Ish Emes, a man of truth. He was unswerving loyalty to God, which means even the small things he was careful to keep, even the little things. Not only that, but he also saw the end. We also learn that the ache of the heel is the end of the body. Says the Radak, 
When we look at life, we've got to see the end in order to push us towards that point. The Akev represents the reward in the next world. Yaakov Avinu had that focus in his life. He wasn't pulled by the winds of the time like Asaph was. He was rather pulled towards pushing himself to do more mitzvahs and learning better because he focused always on what am I going to achieve and what am I going to receive there and the ultimate purpose of life. Yaakov is twofold. We're going to focus on the mitzvahs, even that seem to slip under our feet. And we're going to keep in mind the in purpose of why we came into this world. This week is Tuba'av. Right? Tuba'av is, to, is on Tuesday night, tomorrow night. Tuba'av is a very happy day, very beautiful day. I'm not going to go into too much about it now. But just one point with Tuba'av is that Tuba'av represents a new beginning. It was the time period where the Jewish people in the desert saw that the decree of death on the generation to die in the desert because the sinner's spies had been finished and completed and would achieve a certain amount of forgiveness for that sin, which represent a new beginning. We've got to know that this is our time for a new beginning now. It's a new beginning leading all the way up to Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. And the Gedolei Yisrael, the Mepharshim, said this is the time to bav where they really begin to set up in Shemaim, in the next world, for the Yom Adin, for the Day of Judgment. Hashem should bless us all, that we should take note of the Akev, take note of the heel, take note of the things that people don't really care about or pay much attention to. And when we attach importance to that, HaKadosh Baruch Hu likewise will attach importance to our things that we want for food. Okay, have a beautiful night, everyone. Thanks, Rob. Thanks.